Does this sound familiar? You're tired and hungry after a busy day and all you want is something healthy and quick for dinner. But when you look into your fridge, you find old kale, random what I call fitzels. Well, it's a made-up word for tiny portions of food that I just couldn't throw away and had to save. But that's not a meal either, more like a mini snack, so it's not sounding appealing either way. Looking in the freezer, you might have to defrost and cook, which you're really not in the mood for. All your brain wants is pleasure and satisfaction without stress. So the quickest way to achieve this is to grab some wine, crackers, and cheese. But there's a better way with my five simple strategies to declutter your nutrition habits to make sure you eat healthily most of the time by decluttering your nutrition habits and taking control of your kitchen, pantry, and mind. Before we dive in, I want to invite you to check out the ultimate intermittent fasting system for beginners, which makes eating and exercising a pleasure without stress. Implementing simple intermittent fasting strategies for the beginner and Pilates exercises that are just great for your body, easy on the joints, and help you lean out your body. I leave a link in the show notes so you can check it out. So let's dive into the five simple strategies to declutter your nutrition habits. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now, you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best, taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best in life so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, yes, I can. This is the Pursue Your Spark podcast. When we think of spring cleaning or decluttering, we often think of the clothes in our closets, boxes in the basement, or even cleaning out the garage. But how about your nutrition habits? Have you felt that your habits also need a bit of an overhaul and maybe some closer inspection? You might be stuck in old beliefs patterns and worries that you have about your nutrition. Well, when it comes to spring cleaning and decluttering, you have my heart. I love organization. Maybe it was the way I was raised, but I'm happiest when everything is in its place. Things are clean and orderly and I can find them when I need them because I know most of the time where they are. 
my husband compares me with a cat who has to inspect everything to know where everything is and that things are in the right place. For example, I love it when our fridge is empty, except for the condiments. And I clean it out before we get the new groceries. Then I organize the foods in the refrigerator, freezer, and pantry so everything is in its place. Well, at least the way I like to organize so I can see things and I can plan my meals. And I take pride in that organization, which extends to all parts of our house. And sometimes my husband just smiles. I don't drive him crazy. I'm not super uber misorganization, but organizing my food and my house gives me such a pleasure. And that also ties in with the popularity of the Marie Kondo books and strategies. And she says, tidying up helps you calm down. I tell you, this definitely works wonders for me. An organized surrounding makes me feel super happy. My husband can contest to that. Now, in keeping with the idea of reducing clutter, it pays to declutter or spring clean, however you want to look at it, your nutrition as well. Less mess equals less stress. Clutter can play an essential role in our feelings about our homes, workplaces, ourselves, and yes, our nutrition. It starts with walking into the kitchen, finding kitchen counters covered with dirty dishes, an open peanut butter jar, breadcrumbs lying around, the knife that was used for the peanut butter and the jelly is still sitting there from when somebody in your household used it and didn't put him away and that's what you walk into. How can you even think about making a healthy meal if the space you're using is messy? Messy homes, refrigerators, pantries can leave us feeling anxious, helpless, and overwhelmed. But this kind of clutter is often overlooked as a significant source of stress. Why does clutter stress us out? Well, clutter creates excessive stimuli. The visual, like I described the kitchen with the peanut butter jar open and the knife and the breadcrumbs still there. The smell, the thing that you smell first is that it smells like peanut butter. Maybe not what you had in mind of creating a healthy meal. And then the touch, if you swipe your hand across the kitchen counter, there are those breadcrumbs. And it feels untidy, dirty. And this environment makes our senses work overtime and causing us to undo stress that we really don't need. And how can you plan a healthy meal with all this stuff going on around you? Also, messiness distracts us from what to what we want to focus on, which in our case is creating a healthy meal. So when you walk in, the first thing you think is, someone didn't put it away. Now I have to put it away, but I actually wanted to go for a workout. Or you get angry at the person who left the stuff there saying, wow, can you clean up? And it all turns into this whole big ordeal instead of creating a healthy meal that you had thought about on your way home. Clutter also makes it difficult to relax both physically and mentally. So like my example, instead 
of perhaps writing in your journal or doing your Pilates class or one of my Pilates classes. You cleaned up, you reorganized, and you literally started from scratch. And that in itself is exhausting if you ask me. Instead of a clean slate, you have a messy slate. A messy refrigerator or pantry, on the other hand, makes us feel guilty, saying, oh, I should be more organized. Why am I not organizing better? If I would have, could have, should have, I would be ready for my meal. And perhaps you're embarrassed when friends drop by unexpectedly. Just keep that peanut butter and jelly jar in mind. Clutter inhibits creativity and productivity to create healthy and well-balanced meals. So again, with the peanut butter jar, if you're thinking, man, I'm not feeling it, I'm stressed already, you are more likely to grab that peanut butter jar and make yourself a peanut butter jelly sandwich. There's nothing wrong with this, but your plan is to lose body fat and weight and eat healthier And you have planned on eating more vegetables and eating more balanced meals. And that, my friend, stresses you out as well because you're not reaching the goals that you have set out for yourself. So here are five simple strategies to declutter your nutrition habits. And some may surprise you. Let's start out with decluttering your kitchen. Start with a clean plate in your kitchen. Go through each cupboard and examine what you have. Basically, Marie Kondo, your kitchen, only keeps the things that you use, and she says, that make you happy. Throw out broken and cracked dishes or glasses. I know we all have our favorite morning cup where there's already a crack through the cup and you're hoping that it not breaks whenever you use it. Get rid of it. There are more beautiful cups out there and it's much more pleasurable to have a cup where you don't feel it's going to break. Pots on pans that are no longer working or lost there, especially the, the pans to use for sauteing, the Teflon, the surface may have worn off. And more often than not, your meals you're preparing are sticking to the pan and require a big time scrubbing after you use them instead of replacing them. Now, I am guilty like the next person. I used to have a pot that I brought from Germany. Uh, So I've been in the States here for over 35 years now. And I had this selection of pots that my mom sent me off with to the States with the 1970s decor and really pretty, as I thought. My kids were rolling their eyes. My husband, when he saw it, it was, we moved in together. He rolled his eyes too and he says, you're keeping those? And I was like, yeah, they're perfectly fine. And one of them had a broken handle. And he pointed out that this pot has a broken handle. How can you properly use it? And I had to admit it had to go because it was dangerous. If I didn't grab it right, it could fall on the floor or burn myself. So... Pots and pans that that are no longer working and functional, gotta go. Take inventory on the kitchen gadgets you bought or were handed down to you. Only use the ones, or you may have used those once, I want to say, and never again. We all have those things in our cupboards. Donate them. Donate the items you no longer use 
that are in good condition. Somebody else will love on them. But if you have not used something for years, and particularly I'm also thinking about the seasonal things like Christmas bowls and stuff like this. If you haven't done Christmas for the last three years, the bowls gotta go. Donate them. Like I said, somebody will love them. Number two is declutter your freezer, fridge, and pantry. Having a stable of healthy, nutritious food on hand will help you create better and easier meals. So when you look at those three, fridge, freezer, and pantry, throw out old foods that are somewhere hiding in the back of your fridge. You totally overlooked them. You bought them for whatever meal you don't even remember, but they happen to be in the fridge. Toss them. Check the age of your condiments and discard the ones that you never use or those that are expired a year or more. Out they go. Clean out your fridge to have a nice looking space for your next shopping trip to store your food. As I told you before, I love cleaning up my fridge when the new groceries are coming into the house. And here's what I call my ninja tip. I put paper towels into the veggie bins so that each time we get new vegetables, I can take out the paper towel that is dirty and replace it with a clean one. Cuts down on cleaning time and it also looks really nice and clean and pretty. Okay, you get the idea. Do the same thing with your freezer. Look at stuff that you've had in there and you thought you were going to make something with it, but then you ended up not. Same thing. Get rid of it. Take it out right now if it's still good and do something with it. We'll talk about meal planning in a little bit. For pantry items like uh, canned foods, flour, or seasoning, check on the quality and expiration date again. I love keeping my flour, rice, and dried pasta in glass containers on my counter. This looks pretty and organized, but I'm also making sure I don't have a mazillion containers there, just a five or six, depending on your counter space, so you're not overloading your counter space, which then again increases your clutter. Also, I keep a seasoning rack in one of my drawers to have the most used seasoning right at hand when I cook. I open the drawer and I just have the labels right there and I can read and pick. The ones that I don't use as often, but I use them, are in a separate drawer right next to it. Now, moving on to number three, which is meal planning. I know some of you may already roll your eyes and say, oh my God, meal planning. Meal planning sounds like a lot of work for an empty nester mom or an empty nester couple. But meal prepping and planning is a simple approach to making nutritious and delicious meals by taking out the guesswork of what to eat. It's practical, reduces waste, saves time, and is budget-friendly. And it doesn't have to be complicated. For more details, check out my post, The 5 Easy Meal Prep Tips for Beginners, where I go in detail of what you have at home, what you need, how organized you can be, and different ways of preparing your meals as well, which cuts down on time. Also, Meal prepping makes it easier to control your food portions, focus on healthy recipes, and avoid processed foods. 
as you're starting to plan your meals and you're thinking perhaps of your intermittent fasting strategies of protein, vegetables, lean meats, healthy fats, this cuts way down on your overly processed foods. In addition, planning can help you stop yourself from ordering greasy fast foods just because it's quick and easy or helps you stop eating the same cracker and cheese and wine every night, which ends up in a not-so-balanced nutrition plan. So plan out the meals that you want to cook for the week. I recommend no more than 10 meals per week if you're... uh, 10 meals. Two meals. 10 meals. Oh my goodness. Two meals a, a week. Because two people, two meals works usually out to have four meals a week. So there's a great way to start with that. Choose meals that you know you'll eat will reduce reduce again food waste and save money. This is a win because we want to spend this money on other things as empty nester moms. So here's what you do. Purchase two or three suppl- what I call supplemental vegetables. For example, if you make a meal called the Easy Vegan Picadillo, I put the link in the show note because it's from my favorite chef, the minimalist baker. You know you'll have leftovers. Think of another vegetable like butternut squash that would go with the leftovers for another meal. This will help you take out the guesswork for another meal and reduce the stress on what to cook next. You use the leftovers from the easy vegan picadillo. You take your butternut squash, cut it up, put it in the oven on convection for 375 for Let's see, 30 minutes or until the butternut squash that you cut up is done. You put a little salt and pepper, drizzle a little olive oil, and this is your supplement to the leftover meal. Easy peasy, I say. (laughs) Make a shopping list. Absolutely mandatory. And I teach this in in the Emptiness Reboot course that shopping and planning is a game changer. You have so much more time for other things. And here in my house, we use an app called the AnyList. And again, I'll leave a link for you in the show notes. And you can add your groceries you need for the week. Such an excellent way to plan your meals. And of course, again, reduce waste because you don't randomly buy stuff that you think you might cook or you think, oh, I could maybe do this. No. None of that. You know what you're eating. You know what you're making. You chose the meals that light your heart and that excite you. New meals or old meals. And also on the app, the the um, the foods that you buy the most will always be there. You just go in and you tap, okay, I need more of the seasoning. I need more salt. I need more uh, butternut squash. I need some olive oil. So it's super handy. And I shared with my husband who does our grocery shopping. I do the meal planning. He does the grocery shopping. So he knows exactly what we need for the week. And I also add amounts into it. So he doesn't show up like sometimes with eight avocados. And I'm like, well, what am I going to do with eight avocados in one week? So it's all clear marching orders. Number four is eat mindfully. We heard about mindful and intuitive eating for sure. In the Emptiness Reboot course, we dive deep into 
how to eat mindfully and identify hunger cues and what they mean. And I want to invite you to join us in the Emptiness Reboot program and to learn about the program. There will be a link in the show notes for you to check it out. And I hope that you can join us. It's awesome. So let me explain the difference between mindful and intuitive eating. They're very similar, but slight differences. So what is mindful eating? Mindful eating is the practice of eating mindfully and being present while eating. That means you evaluate your reasons for hunger. For example, do you eat because you're sad, need comfort, or because it's dinner time? As you always eat at 6 p.m., that's when you eat, even though you're not hungry. Mindful eating asks you to pay attention without judging whether the food is healthy or unhealthy. It's simply an awareness. On the other hand, intuitive eating is a form of self-discovery, of eating mindfully and without guilt. It incorporates mindful eating practices while also emphasizing the relationship between the mind, your emotions while you're eating, the body, fitness and healthy body weight, and food, eating for nourishment and pleasure. There's three ways to practice mindful eating. Super simple. Anyone can do it. You can do it right now. Sit down to eat. So many people stand up and eat on the run. And I remember the days when my kids were still home. I would cook meals and you may have caught yourself doing the same thing. While cooking, I started tasting, and I'm making air quotes here, the foods. By the time dinner rolled around and the food was cooked, I was full. So be aware of eating while you're cooking. But I wanted to talk about sitting down to eat. So you're not eating while you're cooking. But I want you to sit down and make mealtime a habit. Eat with your family. It will be amazing to connect, throw food or whatever it is you do during mealtime. Um, but there's always an opportunity to connect on a deeper level and talk about the day or talk about things that moved us or we heard or do a prayer or share one good thing a day, which one of my client uh, clients does. She and the families share one good thing a day that they came across or that happened to them with the family at dinner table. Love eating dinner with my family always. Turn off or silence all electronics. It is ludicrous to have the TV on while you're eating. I understand if you're by yourself, you may feel a little lonely, but don't read a book. Don't put your electronics up. Turn off the TV and just eat. You know, how about a little music on the side that's soothing and relaxing? You may say, well, this is still electronic. But if it fits to your mealtime and it's relaxing and it encourages you to really sit and enjoy the meal, it's worth it. Take a pause. Take two or three deep breaths before beginning a meal and in between your bites. Appreciate your meal. Enjoy the color and the crispiness that you have on your plate, like a broccoli. And don't just 
grab your fork or spoon or whatever you're eating and shovel it down and just to be done with it. First off, you won't remember what you've eaten. And second off, you will be not noticing when you're actually full because I bet you you're doing shorter than 20 minutes of eating relaxed and enjoying your meal. So three simple ways to practice mindful eating, sitting down, turning off your electronics, and take a pause. Take a moment, and when you take a bite, don't shovel in the next bite. Wait till you fully chewed, everything's down, next bite. Number five is mentally declutter your nutrition knowledge. I'm sure you heard this or said it yourself or read it somewhere on social media. Red wine is better than white wine. Sweet potatoes are better than white potatoes. Grains are evil. Spinach is better than romaine lettuce. I'm exhausted by all those claims we hear or read about nutrition and exercise on social media. It's sometimes a wonder world of things people say. I wonder how you feel. Let's cut to the chase and aim for simple nutrition practices that anyone can do. Simply eat mostly or at least more minimally processed foods. This means foods that are closest to their natural states. What does that mean? It's like things like potatoes, chicken breast, Brussels sprouts. Minimally processed foods are rich in fiber, protein, and are lower in calories per volume. In addition, they are nutrient-dense, not calorie-dense, which means you can eat more of them and you get more nutrients into your body. As a result, minimally processed foods are more nutritious, improve your health, and regulate your appetite, which goes back into number four of mindful eating. It is hard, I get it, to only eat minimally processed foods. Most foods are somewhere between both categories. The more processed a food is, the fewer nutrients it contains. So let me give you some examples so it makes sense to you. Take black beans, for instance. Black beans, dried, that you buy, that you have to soak overnight, are like your most minimally processed food or the least processed food. Then once they're canned, they're already processed. Once they turn into black bean tortilla chips, they are definitely more processed. All three are not that terrible. Next one, apples. You turn apples into an applesauce or apple muffin. Okay, the more you process, the less nutrients you get. Sweet potato. You turn sweet potato into sweet potato fries or a sweet potato pie. Take, for instance, the whole chicken. Turn this into a rotisserie chicken. And finally, a chicken nugget. How about shelled peanuts? You turn those, or not you, but they're turned into peanut butter and then eventually peanut butter cookies. So all these examples are not terrible when they turn into their uh, next processed category, but they lose some of those fibers, proteins, vitamins, 
minerals as they get broken down. When thinking about processed foods, one thing to keep in mind also is that cutting, chopping, blending are all forms of processing. So processed foods come in a variety of ways and not all processed foods are bad. The takeaway here is look at the foods you're currently eating. Choose foods that are slightly less processed and stay away from anything that is bright blue, has a stable life for over a year, so it lasts forever, and when reading the ingredients, you can't identify or pronounce most of them. So here are your five tips or strategies to declutter your nutrition habits. Number one, start decluttering your kitchen, followed by the freezer, fridge, and pantry. Get into the habit of meal planning. Eat mindfully. And I shared with you three ways to practice mindful eating. And then mentally declutter your nutrition knowledge. Some of it is so outdated and dusted over, like the potatoes. And be aware, the more processed the food is, the less nutrients it has. But it doesn't make it bad unless they're uber processed, like the ones I gave you, the examples I gave of the bright blue thing. You know which one I'm talking about? If you're, if you're a runner, it comes in a bottle. I'm curious how your decluttering your habits is coming along after you listen to the episode. Join us in the Emptiness Reboot program on an in-depth coaching on strategies discussed in today's episode so that you're no longer feel overwhelmed and confused by your nutrition strategies and you can reach the goals you set for yourselves. So I am super excited that you were here with me today and I'm hoping, and I know because you're here, you will take the first steps to declutter your nutrition habits. Share with me how this episode lit up a spark in you, made you change some habits, or how do you take a closer look at your pantry and the takeaway you had from this episode? I love to hear from you. You can find me on Instagram at Heike Yates and Facebook, Heike Yates, Pursue Your Spark. And with that, my friends, I am out of here and I can't wait to see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao.